Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our discussion on biblical decision-making. We, as Christians, believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe Scripture is applicable to all areas of the Christian life, including the way we make day-to-day decisions. However, many Christians struggle determining the will of God in their lives. Let's continue with our study as Pastor Jim discusses biblical decision-making in today's slice of the message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 3. You ever hear anybody suggest the the six-month rule of decision-making? It's actually a pretty wise one. Say, okay, I have a choice between number one or number two. Think about it. If I choose number one, where do I think that will be in six months, and what do I think I'll feel about that decision? If I choose number two, where do I think I'll be? Sometimes you'll have some insight. You'll realize that one thing has a whole lot more long-term consequence than another. Will I thank God for this, or will this glorify God? Will this help me to have a greater sense of His glory? Does this follow the example of Jesus? In other words, will people be more likely to mistake me for Jesus if I'm doing this? Is this going to help me be more holy? Or will this decision cause me to be tempted? You know where your soft spots are. You know where your trouble spots are. Stay away from the things that are going to put you more face-to-face with what tempts you. Ask yourself, Does this indulge my flesh, or is it going to help me be more like Christ? Here's another principle you can follow, the principle of the influence of others. So ask yourself before you make a decision, is this worth imitating? If there was a young Christian here following me around, would I think it was a good idea for him or her to watch me do this? Would that help them? Uh, Ask yourself, am I seeking counsel, or am I isolating myself? Am I putting off getting good advice um, because I, I know what I really want in this situation? So in, be under the influence of others and think about how you will influence others. Does this serve others as much as it, deserves, as it serves my self-interest? Galatians chapter 6, around verses 9 and 10, therefore, while we have time, do good to all men, especially to believers. That's a good way to help make decisions. Will my choice be overall a good influence on other people? Here's another one. Does this meet a need? You know, if you're asking God for wisdom, where to serve, and the pastor sends out an email and says, we need some help to do something, maybe you just got an answer to your prayer. Hearing about a need can be one of the ways that you have an opportunity to do something. So is this going to help somebody else, especially that fellow believer? Here's another one. Is this really an opportunity to honor the Lord, or is this mainly a matter of my own desire? Is there evidence that God is orchestrating circumstances by His providence to allow for this? Again, you're 
you're praying about something and you, you hear of a need, you hear of an opportunity, you, you, you pick up something to read and it, and it gets you interested in, in studying something. That, that can be the Lord working on it. But if you're just constantly going back to that Maserati website, you know, maybe that's more your own desires. So number four, check your desires. Do I really want to honor God in this thing that I want to do, or do I truly believe it will glorify Him? Now, here's a really important one. It's the last in... No, it's not not the last in my list. Next to last. Hold on. Ask yourself, am I being hasty? Am I I feeling pressure here? Um, Is my conscience at all troubled about doing this? Now, if it is, press the pause button. Stop. Don't ever pressure yourself or let anybody else pressure you into doing something that violates your conscience. Gather more information. You might find out there's nothing to worry about. And you might find out, I just really don't want to do that. Um, Ask spiritually mature friends who are not part of this decision, what would they think of it? What would you do in my situation? Have you ever faced this before? So hold on. Don't, don't be in a rush. And number six, decide. My friends, when you are inside that circle, you are one free-range Christian. You can go wherever you want in that circle. If your delight is in the Lord, He's going to be giving you desires for the things that delight Him. If you plan your way and you're submitting to His authority, He will direct your steps. You say, what if I decide wrong? If you're inside the circle, you can't do wrong because what's inside the circle is right. Well, what if God wants me somewhere else? You think He can't get you there? Have you never had a flight canceled and rerouted? You can, all kinds of things can, can happen. So decide. Depend on God. You trust that He's sovereign, you're standing in His grace, you're walking in joy, you decide what you will do, and you know that God's going to be with you through it all, and He will never leave you, nor will He ever forsake you. There will be consequences, some you expect, some you never dreamed of, and they will all help you be more wise in the future. Now, one more list, and we're done. I want to take you back. I said this was generated in part by our studies in 1 Corinthians. I want to take you to three statements from 1 Corinthians to summarize this whole series. Consider all of this in light of your freedom in Christ. There's a key phrase that occurs three times in 1 Corinthians. The phrase is, all things are lawful for me. Actually, the last time it doesn't have the for me in. All things are lawful. That was obviously a well-known statement. I'm sure that Paul used it in his ministry. I'm sure he used it when he taught for those 18 months in in Corinth. He was saying, um, compared to trying to work ourselves into righteousness, to have God like us enough to accept us, no, all things are lawful. We're not under the law. We're free in Christ. Inside the circle, you're free. That's what the all things are lawful would mean. But it's apparent that also... That phrase was being abused by some people in Corinth. Like Paul wrote to the Romans, and he says, what? Shall we sin that grace may abound? 
may it never be. So some people were abusing all things that are lawful just to do whatever they wanted to do. So the, the truth of all of this is we are free from needing to keep religious laws and rituals in order to be saved or in order to stay saved. But the error is extrapolating from freedom in Christ to antinomianism. There's your fancy word for the day, lawlessness, which... Um, uses your freedom to justify sinning or to justify failing to pursue what God wants. So all things are lawful. That's true, but it can be abused. And so it's important to the gospel and it's important to Christian living that we zealously defend the fact that we are free in Christ. But very quickly, the three limits of lawful. Limit number one is profitableness. 1 Corinthians 6.12, first half of the verse, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. Profitable comes from a Greek word that literally means to bring things together in the sense of giving an advantage or gaining something or actually making a profit. Uh, Deciding what is profitable and deciding what isn't profitable, uh, that isn't always a real easy thing to do or which is more profitable and which is less profitable. That's why people tend toward legalism. Let's just make a whole bunch of rules that cover every one of these things, and we can have a flow chart of how to make all these decisions, and we never have to think. Or you just run toward antinomianism and you just say, oh, I'm free, I can do anything. No, you're supposed to live your life in the freedom within the circle and be wise. Limit number two, powerfulness. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Um, be mastered is a very good translation, but there's a clever play on words in the Greek that makes the point even stronger than we can get into our English translation. It literally says something like, all things are within my power, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. So anything that you're free to do that becomes your master is something which violates the principle of liberty in Christ. The world calls it an addiction. It's actually... A sinful abuse of liberty is what it is. And by the way, it's not a disease, it's a sin. Jesus didn't die for addictions. He died for sinners. He died for sin. Call it what it is. If it starts doing you instead of you doing it, you've crossed a line. Come back. Limit number three of lawful is building up. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. Same thing he said in 6, 12. Then he says the third one, the different one, all things are lawful, but not all things edify. Edify means to build up toward maturity in Christ. So I want to suggest to you, oops, I forgot. I have one more list. From that, four questions to ask yourself as you make decisions. Number one, does God's word specifically prohibit this? If it does, uh, I mean, unless it does, it's lawful. You're in bounds. Number two, and I think you can see what the other three questions are going to be. Is it profitable? Will you be better off if you do it than if you don't do it? Next one, has it become your master? Is it controlling you or are you controlling it? A tenacious habit that keeps you from maturing in Christ as fast as you might, that's something that it needs, it needs repentance. And number four, does it edify? In other words, is anybody being built up toward maturity because of this activity? Me or anybody else? Now, I am within the moral will of God in saying this. I have decided that's all I'm going to say about how to decide things. 
There's plenty there. Stay in the circle and be wise, and you will walk in the joy of the Lord. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.